Okay, the, what I want to do this morning is kind of introduce um, something God has been putting on my heart. It's to do with the way that we think. I've just got a few minutes this morning, and I want to share about the way that God is kind of setting me up to think about this coming year. Uh, but I'm not going to do all the teaching this morning, because children, you are going to help us boring adults to understand something. So you're going to help us in that. So I'm kind of saying from blaze upwards, and if your parents feel that some of your the younger ones could get involved in this, and they, all you need to do is to be able to think, imagine, and draw. So would you come out here, please, if if you are of that age group? <clears throat> come on, don't be shy. If you're an adult that don't like listening to sermons, you can come out here as well, you know. <laughs> Sit still, Tina. Right. What I want to talk about this morning is imagination. Now, I know that you have big imaginations. Now, when we get older, we get more boring and we get kind of, we lose our, our imagination. So what I want you to do is either take a box or a cone or one of these tubes, take one of them, grab yourself some wax crayons, and then you can go back to your seat. Now, before you go, what I want you to do is just dream, imagine, what is this? What does this mean to you? What, 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 when you see this, what, is, what do you think about? And then draw on it, and at the end, some of you can come and tell us what you've done. Would that be okay? Yeah. Would you, you, I need your help this morning, guys, um, ladies, gentlemen, children. Would that be all right? I'll say, grab a box, grab a tube, grab some crayons, and then you go back to your seat. All right? For the rest of us, I, yeah, yeah, go, go for it. <laughs> I'd like to read from Genesis chapter 15. So if you've got a Bible, otherwise, yeah, just a picture up there. That's how children imagine, the way they dream. Um, so let's read from Genesis chapter 15. I'm just going to be a few minutes because I want to talk about godly imagination. Godly imagination. And this in Genesis 15 is all about a a guy called Abraham or Abram, as he is known here. So Genesis 15 verses 1 to 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. For Abram said... O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heirs of my house, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member. It's in household chaos, isn't it? <laughs> and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him: This this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son will be your heir. And he brought him, say with me, outside. 
He brought, yes, and he brought him outside and said, look up. Say look up. Look up. And said, look up and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Now, if you take the words from Genesis 15 and also the words of Genesis 17, which we haven't got time to look at. In Genesis 17, God changes Abram's name to Abraham. Abram means exalted father. Abraham means the father of many nations. And if you take those words there in Genesis 17 with Genesis 15 and also in Genesis 22, you find that this is at what we call a tipping point in the life of this man. This is a tipping point when everything changes from this moment on. And what it seems to me is that God is trying to awaken that God-given gift that all humans have. I don't think God gave it to any other part of his creation but to humanity, that we have the ability to imagine. We have an ability to imagine. I believe it's a God-given gift. The trouble is the older we get, we tend to live more to our five senses than we do to our imagination. And Abraham is old. He's so old, he's older than me. That's old, folks. I went to a place yesterday, and I, you know when you're getting old, when the receptionist says, you, we, we've got to go up some stairs. Can you manage the stairs? <laughs> I wasn't feeling so bad until Rob says, well, I'd feel insulted, you know, and... Uh, but Abram is in his 90s, I, I guess, here. And, and God is trying to awaken what I believe has become somewhat redundant, somewhat latent, his imagination. And in order to do that, God asked Abram to do two things. I'd like you to come outside and I'd like you to look up. I'd like you to come outside and I'd like you to look up. Now, at this point, I need to mention about imagination because... There is both a positive and a negative side to imagination. There is a positive and there is a negative. But if you want to know that there is a power in imagination, you only have to look at the conversation going on in, in Genesis when the Godhead's talking about mankind who is about to build what a tower called Babel. And to paraphrase these words in Genesis eleven six, it says, nothing they imagine to do will be impossible. Nothing they imagine to do will be impossible. Now that is something I believe of the power of imagination. And God is wanting to awaken that within us. Now this is how I define imagination. Godly imagination. It's the ability to form a mental image that goes outside our five senses is germinated by God's word, incubated in a pure heart of the Matthew. Blessed are those who have a pure heart, for they will see God. And perceived in a renewed mind. Don't let the world squeeze you into its uh, into its mold, but let God renew your mind from within. So it's that image that's created by God's word. It's incubated in a pure heart and perceived with a renewed mind. In that Abraham's thinking is seemingly locked into what he perceives with his senses. God is trying to awaken his imagination. And he says, come outside, Abraham. 
Abram, come outside. I'd like you to come outside. The older I get, the more easier it is to live to my senses, the five senses. And like Abram here, I believe that my experience, my education, and my environment can box me in. And we're talking here about thinking outside the box. It's, it's what they call in the secular world blue sky thinking. It's out of the box thinking. And, and, you know, God's a great God, which is an understatement and it's stating the obvious. We serve an extravagant God. And the word extravagant means to wander outside. And God wants to help us to wander outside our preconceived ideas, our frames of references. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask or imagine or think according to the power that works within us. God wants to take us outside. So he says to Abram, come outside. And then he says to him, look up. Now, I think Abram would have done this thousands of times. This is an unpolluted sky, which he would see with clarity the stars. He must have done that many times. But as a man in his 90s, God had asked him to get up, change your position because I want to change your perspective. Sometimes we have to change our position. That's why in worship, sometimes it's good just to stand up, to tell your body, Come on, wake yourself up. Let's, let's, let's get out of this position here and let's worship God. Sometimes we need to change our position in order to change our perspective. So he, he gets up, he moves outside and he looks up. Sometimes we cannot see the opportunity because all we see is the obstacle. And God wants to change this man's thinking. He wanted him to see what God was seeing. I guess he'd done this hundreds of times. Wandered outside, looked up, seen the stars. You know, I never knew Rob got so excited with stars until I went with him to Scotland. One night someone said, hey, there's an observatory at the top of the hill. Would you like to go and see it? This is zero temperature. About 11.30, it's 11 o'clock at night. So we, we climbed this hill, and Rob wasn't feeling too well, for which I was grateful at this time because he couldn't walk too fast, and I'm puffing and panting. We get out to this observatory, and it wasn't open at that point. The guy there was showing me photographs of what he could see through the telescope. It was incredible. Showing the moon, he said, that's where Apollo, whichever it was, landed. And he was pointing out various things, and you begin to see what you would not naturally see. And I believe Abram was taken outside in order that he could gaze up, not at stars, but at suns. He wasn't going to see stars again. He would in the natural, but in the spiritual, he would see sons and daughters yet to be born to him. I believe when Abraham looked up, he saw me. Because then I was a twinkle in my heavenly father's heart. You and I were there in the firmament. We were there as the sons and daughters yet to be born. And we were far, Abraham would have only seen that by faith, but he was looking up at stars. 
when he walked on the sand, because later God promised him not only uh, children that will be greater than the sum of the stars, but also the sum of the grains of sand. And when he was walking, he was imagining this, this wonderful promise that God had given him. And the first thing God did was change his name. Sometimes before we ever move into the promises, God has to work on us. He changed the man before he changed his circumstance. So often I want God to change my circumstance before I change my character. God says, no, I need to work on you. I need to work on you and your character. And God changes his name and he begins to see what God had promised. Right, let me wrap this up. Can we show the next picture? What do you see there? What is the main thing you see? Chairs. Can I use the word seats? When I walk into this room, I don't see seats. I see sons. I see sons and daughters yet to be born into the kingdom of God. Not empty seats, but places that are reserved for those who are yet to come to our family. You are yet to be brought into this house who God is, is working on even right now that he is wanting to become part of this family. We may only be small now when we see empty seats, but I see seats that are filled. And the challenge is where are we going to put people? Because it is the promise of God. When I see seats, I see sand. I see lives that have been washed over by the grace of God, who have been deluged by the ocean of his love, and people who have such a testimony of the grace of God that they are filling this place. We may be small now, but that is not God's ultimate. And we should be imagining and saying, God, wow, when that day comes, that you have sons and daughters yet to be born in this house. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. What's the power? It's the power of the Spirit. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and forever. Amen. So, two things and then I'm through. I have set myself two resolutions for this year. And these are they. I want to allow God's Spirit to take me outside my restrictive thinking. I'm saying, God, tell me when I'm thinking too small. I want to think in line with the way you're thinking. Take me outside of my restrictive thinking. And daily, Lord, I want to look up from my limited circumstances and I want to meditate on God's promise. And like Abraham say, that may be true, but here's the truth. That may be true, that diagnosis, but here's the truth. I believe God is able to bring healing. That may be true of how I see that situation with my family, but here's the truth. I believe in household salvation. And so I want to reflect on all that God has and have a whale of a time in my imagination. Okay. I'd like some people to come and teach us right now. Who's going to come and... Can I use one of these microphones here? Can I use one of these? Oh, okay. Thank you. Right. 
Okay, young man, come and tell us. Come and explain what you've done here. Can you tell us what that is? I can't remember. It's square and it's got God on it. Is there anything else? It's a treasure box. Whoa, it's a treasure box. That is wonderful. Anyone else? It's it's an aeroplane. An elephant. Sorry, an elephant. An elephant mask. Oh, wonderful. Can you can you show everyone? Wow, brilliant. Great. Someone else? What's this? A treasure chest. A treasure chest is what goes there? It's a secret password. It's a secret password. And that's some other treasure. It's a drawing. And that what's that there? That's a look. Wow. Isn't that brilliant? Well done. An Iron Man mask. Whoa, look at that. Hello. Tell us what this is. A cave. A cave. Wow. Can I show the people? This is a cave. That's wonderful. Well done. What's this? A camera. Whoa, look at that. You thought they were just boxes. That's brilliant. It's Noah's Ark and some animals. Whoa, look at that. Is that the door? Yeah. That's the door. Is that a window? Which animal's that? Elephant. Oh, that's a brilliant elephant. I tried to make a giraffe. Giraffe. A giraffe. That's wonderful. Well done. In my class. Great. So now... This is a car. A car. Wow. Is that the front of the car? Is that the lights? Um, that's the front of the car. Oh, brilliant. Well done. God. Any more? What is it? Drawing. Drawing. Is that the eyes? Whoa. Can you see that? Wonderful. Well done. Let's give them all a clap. I think I pray I can get up. Father, we thank you for the power of your You've given us as humans. Lord, as we enter this year, I pray that we'll step outside of any restriction our past puts on us and we will see things from your perspective. Holy Spirit, work within us that we might be the sons and daughters of God that reflect the kingdom in our every action. Father, we pray over, as it were, every seat in this room right now. We pray for those who are yet to bring into this house. Lord, stir them, move upon them, that they may come and find you as your, as their Lord and Savior. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.